Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. everyone. In this week's sermon, I explored what it looks like for us to reflect the light of Christ into the world. It was preached on Epiphany Sunday, and so the theme of light is prevalent. I hope that it speaks to your life and that you have a terrific week. Well, good morning. I hope that um, everyone had a wonderful Christmas season. Um, I hope that it was filled with family and friends. But if your Christmas season was just mediocre, I have good news for you. Christmas season is over now, and so we can move past that. Happy New Year. It's day six of 2019. So who's, who's broken a resolution already? A few? So a few people. Who made a resolution? You know, at five o'clock last night, two people raised their hand. Two people. Yeah, you know, maybe we've grown tired of it. Um, I told them that the rest of the rest of the hundred some people that were there that they must be perfect, and they no longer need to come to church. Um, but we know that we're not perfect; we're imperfect people, and so we gather together here this first weekend in the new year um, to hear this epiphany story, and to be filled with hope, to be filled with hope for a new year. And I love the idea of a resolution. I I make them weekly. (laughs) Um, I need to because I'm really imperfect. I love this idea of the new year and and setting out and thinking, how do I want my life to be different one year from now? What do I want to be different in regards to all the different relationships in my life, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my children, with, with you, my relationship with food or with money? Um, thinking about it in the terms of a, of a relationship has, has helped me greatly. And one of those things that I've been thinking a lot about recently has been my relationship and our relationship with those who find themselves outside of the Christian story. Those who find themselves outside of the church. Maybe those who have grown disenfranchised with the idea of organized religion, or those who have grown skeptical of the existence of a God, those who might be unsure about what they believe about the divine. My heart, it burns for those people for good reason. Most of my family members find themselves in that category. Most of my good friends that I socialize with and spend time with find themselves somewhere in that camp of folks that are outside of the Christian faith. And I've been thinking a lot lately about our relationship as the body of Christ to those who are outside of our walls. And this year, I want to be resolute in thinking more critically through that lens about my own actions, my own language, the way I, I, I live my life, but also the way we corporately at Prince of Peace, the way we do our ministry. How are we reaching those who are unfamiliar with this story? 
And so, like any good resolution, it's not enough, right, to have a vision for what you want to be different or what you want to think about. It needs to be actionable. And so I started making a list this last week of all the different aspects of my own life and of our ministry that we could kind of put through that filter, put through that lens. How might this look to someone, maybe it's one of my friends or one of my family members, who is unfamiliar with the Christian story? How might they read our website? How might they engage in our worship services? How might they engage, if they were to show up to an adult Sunday school or to worship on Sunday, are my sermons, are they filled with words and language that is disconnected for them? And I started making this list and I got really tired and my my wrist wore out because it was really long, right? All of these things are important, but they're not essential They're important for us, the body of Christ, to think about, but they're not the essential thing that we should be focused on, I'm convinced, if we really want to pay attention and be focused in on how we, our lives, the body of Christ, is fulfilling the great commission of Jesus. Because during this Christmas season, we focused on Christ's birth, but we know in just a few months we will hear that story again of the Great Commission of Jesus at the end of his earthly ministry where he passes the baton to us and he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Christ and God have always had this vision and this mission that the good news, the liberation of the gospel would reach all people, all lives, all hearts, Every weary traveler would find comfort and rest. That's my burning question this year. And I think that this story of Epiphany has something to tell us. I think it shows us what's essential. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is this one who has been born king of the Jews. Now let's pause there. The Magi from the East. First of all, we always depict them as the how many wise men? Three. Never mentions three. Never mentions three. We we think of them as the three wise men because they bring how many gifts? Three, right? Three wise men, possibly, maybe more, who come from the East, these Magi, We often call them wise men. Early, early um, Jewish scholars and theologians believed that these folks were possibly Zoroastrian priests, priests from the East. The Zoroastrian faith um, goes back thousands of years. That these were people outside of um, the Jewish tradition is the important thing to note here. These three wise men from the East who are outside the Jewish tradition, Gentiles, if you will, thinking of biblical language, they come because they saw the star at its rising. Now, why do people think they're Zoroastrian priests? Because Zoroastrians, they were known, the priests, for studying astrology and the stars. They were fascinated by stars rising. And so whoever these folks were, these magi, they they come from the east. And now, 
if you've seen the depiction of the three wise men, you might have seen them depicted as having slightly different shades, pigmentation in their skin, right? It's become popular belief that, um, or a popular way to depict the wise men that they came from three different continents, from different ends of the earth, and that they came at the uh, stars rising to Jerusalem asking where this star was, where was this child that was to be born. They come to the leaders and authority figures of the time. They come to Herod. Herod needs to summon his scribes and his Pharisees because back in Herod's family, um, Herod had married into this tradition and into uh, the Jewish tradition. And so he gathers people together to learn what was prophesied that in Bethlehem of Judah would come the birth of the Savior. And Herod, when Herod finds out that a child was born and there was a large star that had risen, what was Herod's emotion? Fear. He was terrified. He was terrified at the thought of a Savior being born, a child, because it threatened his power. And so Herod sent the wise men along on the way, and we know why he did that, and he wanted them to report back, because we know that Herod will put out a decree that, that, that will slaughter babies with fear. But nonetheless, our wise men, wherever they were from, whether they were from three separate continents or they were just from the east, from the orient, we'll sing that hymn later today, they come and they travel and they're led by the light again. The star that they had seen at its rising appears again. And the light leads them to the true light, the true light of Christ. And it's there that they kneel down and they worship and they honor this newborn king. And we have this important line at the end. It says they did not go back to Herod. They did not go back on the road they traveled on. Rather, they returned to their home country on a different road. What a beautiful little vignette into what it looks like when we encounter the true light of the world. Right? These wise men, these people from the East, these people outside of the religious community, they were not drawn to Jesus because of really good preaching. They were not drawn to Jesus because they had read all about Jesus or the prophecies in the Old Testament. These people were not drawn to Jesus because they googled and found an awesome website that explained everything clearly. They weren't drawn to Jesus because of an amazing welcome team at the temple who had great coffee. They were drawn to Jesus because of the light. And this image of the light has always been a metaphor for us as Christians. This light in the sky that has led them to the true light. The light of Christ. I'm convinced that what is essential for us if we want to reach those who find themselves outside of this tradition, what's essential is that we focus on light. We focus on on living and loving like Jesus as a mere reflection of Christ's true light. Because our co-workers, 
our family members, our neighbors. They're watching. They're not watching what you say or the answers you give. They're watching to see whether or not we radiate or we rather reflect light. The good news is we don't have to be the light. We're not the light. We know that in the inner parts of ourselves that often we find darkness, we find our sin, we find our corruption, we, we feel as though we're wasting away, and yet the light of Christ shines on us daily, yes, revealing all of our wrinkles and all of our scars, but also perfecting us. You know, the other week I got in the car and I was driving to work, and I was on Indian Hill Road, kind of winding around. And I looked up in my rearview mirror, and all I saw was my seat cushion. I look in my rearview mirror, I see my seat cushion. And it dawned on me. The other week when I was cleaning my car, cleaning it out, I asked Brianna to help. So Brianna's in the front seat and in the back seat and she's crawling over the middle console and, and it dawns on me, she probably knocked my review mirror. Her elbow probably hit it. And it just got jarred just slightly, right? And so I fixed the review mirror and I angled it back. And it made me think. The Christian life is a lot like being a mirror. Our job is to reflect. Just to simply reflect the light of Christ. But here's the truth. We reflect those things that we are angled towards. If we're angled towards light, we reflect light. If we're angled towards hatred and bitterness and malice and resentment, we often reflect that. The content you consume daily the content you are angled toward is the content you will create in the world. If you're consuming bitterness and fear and hatred, you will walk back on the road straight to Herod. But if you consume love and grace, if you position yourself, if you angle yourself towards mercy, you will reflect mercy. The world needs us as the body of Christ now more than ever to reflect light and love. And here's the thing. When your mirror gets jarred and out of whack, gets knocked by a five-year-old's elbow, there's really good news. You have a whole body of Christ here at Prince of Peace that will adjust your mirror for you. Or better yet, you have a God in Christ who is always angled towards you. That's how I think about it. I think God is always angled right towards us with his light and his love, but we often are, are, are diverting it and moving and angling away. But, but, but when those two things connect, wow, we reflect back into the world beauty and joy and love. And so my prayer for you and for me and for our congregation is that we would reflect the light of Christ. It won't be as bright as the true light, but it is essential 
for those in our world to see that God is love. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.